Hey guys, this is Alf speaking. Welcome back on the Macro Compass. Today we're going to talk about the world's most important market. It's the repo market, which is the oil that lubricates the engine of global financial markets. I generally find August to be a great month to focus on the big picture, enjoy the never-ending learning journey, which is global macro. There are no central bank meetings, generally quiet markets. It seemed like a perfect time to revive the bond market 101 series, which with an educational piece on the repo market. It's a very relevant corner of the fixed income market. It underpins the smooth functioning of government bond markets. And there are so many different players involved that its importance can't be overstated. Before we start with the um, with this piece, a big thank you to you guys. We are now over 80,000 subscribers at the Macro Compass. It's the biggest finance newsletter on Substack. Thank you, everybody. Delivering free educational material is one of my key objectives. So this is an article of the Bond Market 101 series. For people who are not familiar yet, this is my effort at demystifying the bond market and giving you the tools to analyze such an important and yet very deceptive, full of jargon kind of market. We'll try to do that in plain English with a bit of Italian accent. Now, the repo market. A repo is nothing else than a collateralized loan. Think about it like that. There is a cash borrower, he wants to borrow cash, he posts collateral, generally a security, for instance a bond, against the loan. And he agrees to repurchase that security back at the end of the agreement. So he's getting money, he's, getting, he's borrowing money, and he's posting a collateral, which is a security against it, and he's promising to buy it back later in the future. The collateral which he's posting is basically a form of protection for the lender of cash, in case the borrower goes belly up, and therefore a repo can be considered as a secured or a collateralized form of lending. The biggest repo markets in the world use bonds as collateral. That's why those two markets are very tied. And it's worth noticing that the cash lender, he receives the security as a collateral. He can further redeploy that security in other repo transaction. That's called repledging. Now, basically, we are looking at the low risk because it's collateralized financing mechanism. It underpins the largest and most liquid market in the world, the bond market, and there is a built-in feature, effectively, to enhance leverage by a repo. We can explain how. And also, you can redeploy the same security over and over again as collateral, which is re-pledging. Now, I guess you understand already how systematically important is the repo market. A few more figures. The global repo market is huge. Estimated size, $15 trillion. A turnover of 3 to $4 trillion worth of repo transactions per day. And also, repo transactions require a cash borrower and a cash lender. They have to interact, but for um, the cash borrower, the balance sheet expands. Keep that in mind. Uh, it, it's going to be important later on in the article. Now, who are the players involved? What's their incentive scheme? There are commercial banks. They use repo as a low-risk solution to monetize liquid assets. Commercial banks have been forced by regulation to buy a large amount of liquid assets, mostly bonds. As they are natural buyers of these securities, the treasuries of these commercial banks will often engage in repo markets as a cash borrower, they will lend the securities and they will receive cash. Insurers, pension funds, money market funds, corporates, all these institutional uh, players, they will deploy cash in a safer way. So they'll be on the other side of the equation. They will not lend security. They will lend cash and they will receive securities back. They do that because they do not have accounts at the domestic central bank. A pension fund cannot deposit money at a domestic central bank which means for them cash is nothing else than an unsecured bank deposit at a commercial bank. Not great, right? If the commercial bank goes belly up, they lose all their cash. Now, if they participate in the repo market as cash lender, 
So they do a reverse repo, they lend cash, they receive securities. This allows them to deploy cash in a much more secure than collateralized way. And third, there are hedge funds and dealers. These guys exploit market opportunities via leverage. They provide liquidity uh, to the market as well. Now, bonds as collateral effectively are a very high quality and low volatility kind of uh, underlying collateral for the repo. And this requires small haircuts and small initial margins, which is a very convenient way for hedge funds to amplify leverage when they're trying to arbitrage away some small pricing inconsistencies in the bond market. They need to put up very little upfront capital to magnify the size of their trade through the repo markets because bonds are a very good collateral and they require small haircuts, small capital upfront, small initial margins. For dealers, repos are important because they can finance large inventories, which are required to facilitate flows and provide liquidity to their clients. Now, these guys are both cash lenders and borrowers in the repo market. They're very opportunistic. Now, in short, the repo market is just a gigantic machine that underpins the most liquid asset class in the world. It's able to unlock quite some leverage and investment opportunities for a bunch of crucial players in the arena, which means that how do we think about repo rates? How do we think about stress in this market? Um, how, do we, uh, how do we think about that? Well, it's all about demand and supply, as always. So my postulate to start is that repo rates on a government bond, let's say treasuries, should ideally be very close to the most risk-free rate available in the market. And why is that? Because if there are no constraints, a treasury repo is nothing else than a short-term, fully collateralized loan, and the collateral is the most risk-free and liquid asset in the world. So you're basically looking at the possibly the most risk-free or proxy risk-free investment you can ever make, and indeed, repo rates, as shown in the article, trade generally very, very close to central bank deposit rates, both in the US and in Europe. But if you want to see an example of a distorted repo rates, you have to look at Europe, particularly in Germany. As a result of a long-lasting imbalance between the supply of good AAA-rated liquid collateral, which are German government bonds, which are not issued in size, and the demand for this collateral, which is very big, the situation has been that German repo rates have traded well below, below, so more expensive than deposit traded at the European Central Bank in 2016-17, all the way up to 100 basis point through the ECB deposit rate. That's because Germany wasn't keen on issuing a large amount of bonds. There was a large QE program ongoing. And so the financial sector was starved of good German collateral and it was flushed with liquidity, bank reserves, which is cash for banks. Now, I mean, banks already had abundant reserves, and if they would engage in repo, if you remember, they would lengthen their balance sheet. So basically, other participants were looking to lend cash, get good collateral back in reverse repo, but the owners of the, the bonds, the collateral themselves were bank, which were already flush with cash due to, due to QE. And so the marginal repo rate at which this transaction could occur actually had to dramatically change. As always, it's all about demand and supply after all. A similar and opposite dynamic was also the one behind the 2019 US repo market stress episode. QT was forcing banks to absorb more treasuries, more collateral. It was draining away their reserves. So their willingness to engage in repo market transactions was actually very low, exactly at the point where hedge funds had dramatically increased their dependence on repo funding. But banks had less reserves and they weren't willing to engage in the repo market. And so mayhem started. Regulation is another important point that can affect repo market behavior through balance sheet constraints. For example, there is a leverage ratio that forces banks to hold a certain amount of capital against the entire size of the balance sheet. 
So if they need to expand balance sheet uh, with an activity like repo and the margin is very low and they're close to their leverage ratio constraints, they probably won't do that. Now, when it comes to the next uh, repo market crisis, today QT uh, is ongoing in the US, will reach its maximum pace soon. Reserves have already fallen by over 1 trillion. There is more to come. But on the other hand, Policymakers have become much smarter in putting on backstops to ensure that the repo market functions, for instance, the standing repo facility in the US. So chances are lower than in 2018, 2019, but the structural importance of the repo market can never be overstated. So if you want to find data publicly available and free to track this market, I put some links in the in the Macro Compass article. But if you want breakdowns and timely explanation of what's going on, well, you can always count on the Macro Compass after all. This was it for today, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, one last thing, I would li- really love if the community keeps growing. So if you can be so kind to share uh, this article around in your uh, in your media, uh, actually in your uh, in your social circle, I would really love that. And if you're interested in kind of sponsorship, partnership, whatever questions you want to send me out, you can always reach out at themacrocompass at gmail.com. Thank you guys again, and uh, we'll talk next week.